title of tonight's message, and what I'm calling it uh, is right here, right now. Right here, right now. And we're going to look at the story together. In Matthew chapter 4, we're going to pick it up in verse 17, uh, reading down to verse 22. Living Word of God. You ready for it? You psyched? You hear me good. Oh, and fun fact, uh, Evan, Emma, and Ethan, the triple E, uh, they're going to be joining us again. Uh, after the message, and we're going to sing that same song that we just sung, so get psyched for that. Cool. Okay. But this is what the Bible says. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending nets, and he called them immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. So right here, homeboy Jesus, God in the box, on the scene, first words out of Jesus' mouth to all the world, to all the people, is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he rolls up on the scene to these two dudes, Pete and Andrew, and he's like, hey, yo, boys, uh, drop the nets. I got a better life for you to live. And they're like, okay, we'll trust you. They follow Jesus. Then these other two dudes, they roll up to them, John and James, and Jesus says the same thing. And they drop their nets, they leave their pops, and they're like, we're going to follow Jesus because we're going to trust that he is better. We're going to spend the next few moments tonight unpacking this story, unpacking this truth, uh, that God isn't just this thing that you and I used to sneak into heaven, uh, but that God is actually right here, right now, and he desires to speak to you. So as we dive in, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for these moments. Uh, we just ask Jesus that you would be the center of this time, that you would continue to be glorified and worshipped uh, in all of our eating of Chick-fil-A and all of our singing of songs and all of our reading of your word. Uh, we just ask that you would have your way, Jesus. Would you cut to the very heart of who we are here tonight? Uh, whether we just hate you, God, whether we could care less about you, God, or whether we love you with our whole heart, God, would you just move in us in a mighty way? Uh, we just ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would bring the supersonics back in 2021. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Um, show of hands, anybody ever played golf before? Yeah. Anybody ever seen golf before? Yeah. If you've never seen golf, you're lying right now. Um, but if you didn't know, welcome, we're still taking here. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, golf is this thing where you use like, you know, uh, like a stick pretty much, and you smack a ball down a field, uh, and it's pretty dope. But the other day, uh, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was in Palm Springs. Anybody ever in Palm Springs? Yeah. Sick? Okay, it's a good spot. Bunch of old people go there. My dad calls it the waiting room. There's just a bunch of old people waiting to die, so they go to heaven. Uh, but we went there, and I was hanging out with my grandpa and my grandma who are waiting to die and go to heaven. Uh, please, God. Uh, and then my grandpa was like, hey, yo, friend. AJ, I was with my buddy AJ, rest in peace, and then my buddy Brad, uh, and we were, we were there, and we decided to go play golf, uh, and we played golf at this golf course that you got to be like super, like, you got to look like you know what you're doing, and then you got to be able to play golf. Uh, and it was like $220 a round to play golf there. Uh, my grandma paid for me, praise God. Uh, but everyone there like had it together. They knew what they were doing. They looked the part. Uh, and we get to the second tee box. And my main man, AJ, uh, he goes to tee off. And like the, the fairway is this way. 
And we never played at a fancy Palm Springs course before. Uh, and he's teed off this way. Okay? So, like, he's supposed to be swinging down here. Uh, but my boy AJ lines up with his driver and is about to swing off down here because he thinks this is the hole. Uh, when really, this is not the hole at all. Uh, but, but this is actually the hole. Uh, but does my grandpa tell him this? No. Uh, do Brad and I tell him this? Of course not. Uh, we're just going to let him swing away because he's an idiot. Uh, so AJ, he like winds up and he just swings away down this thing and his ball is just like and the next thing we know it's like and it smacks a house. And then you see like two little old people like waddle out of their house like and AJ's wearing like a straw hat uh, and doesn't look like he belongs in Palm Springs. And these little old people are like, and AJ's like, what, are you, what did you guys tell me? My grandpa's just smoking a stogie, sitting in the car, just dying laughing. Uh, and we're like, AJ, you're a fool. Uh, but the reason that I tell you that story is that sometimes, a lot of times, you and I, uh, we think that we're headed one way that's going to lead us to good uh, and what we think is best. When if we just adjust it and we turn, we actually go to what is better, uh, what is planned for us, what is purposed for us. Uh, the thing that you and I as young people and we as collective humanity all have in common, the one major thing is believing the lie that we think we know what's best for our lives. Believing the raw lie that we think, hey, I know how I'm going to get pleasure. Uh, I know how I'm going to get purpose. Uh, I know how I'm going to get status. I know how I'm going to get identity. I know what is good for me, and I know what is best for me. You, me, and all the people believe the lie that we know what is good and best for our lives. And that's why I love this story so much in the Bible, what we just read. Because Jesus comes on the scene and cuts to the very heart of humanity. He flips everything on his head, and he says, maybe, just maybe, there's a different way that actually shows you the truth, the way, and the life that is actually far better than anything that you could ever understand or see. Verse 17 of what we just read says this, from the time that Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Before this, before these words, Jesus had never spoken to all the people. Jesus was just kicking it. Son of God being quiet like, hey, nobody knows yet. And then first words out of Jesus' mouth to all of humanity is repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is here and is now. Repent is just a fancy word that just means turn. Repent is just a simple word that means turn from one way and turn to a new way. Turn from your normal thinking, your normal going, your normal doing, and turn and repent into a new way, a different way. Most of the time, when you and I have ever heard the word repent before, we've ever seen the word repent before, uh, most of the time it's in like crowded spaces uh, with some crazy religious dude like screaming like, repent, you're going to go to hell. And you're like, dude, what did this guy eat for breakfast? Certainly not Cheerios. Like, what is wrong with him? Uh, and that's what you and I know about the word repent. So when Jesus says it, hey, hey, re repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, 
you and I associated with some crazy religious dude standing in front of like Puyallup Fairgrounds being like, you're in the burning hell. And you're like, I'm just trying to go on the Ferris wheel. Uh, and he's like, no. Uh, but, in fact, the truth is, Jesus, and the character of Jesus, and the way of Jesus, and the love of Jesus, and the life of Jesus looks nothing like that hyper-religious dude that you and I have seen. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if you've ever been exposed to something connected to Jesus that doesn't represent the way, truth, and life of Jesus. But this very first word that Jesus says to us, this very first word that Jesus says to us is still repent. Repent. Turn from the lie that you think you know what's best for your life and turn and trust that I'm better. Turn and trust that I have something more incredible for you. But when Jesus says it, when Jesus looks at you and says repent, he says it with a gentle voice. He says it with a loving voice. He says it with a voice that looks at you fully known and still fully loves you. And says, I've got better for you. I've got better planned for your life. But would you repent and trust that I am better because Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That the fullness of life is right here and right now. The good and the better life to the full that you and I both crave, all the purpose that we could ever desire is right here and right now, but it only comes through repentance. It only comes from, from turning that you think you know what's best and turning to a new way of saying, Okay, Jesus, I, I trust that you're better. I trust that, that you will give me more purpose. That you'll give me more desire than, you, than I could ever pray. That you'll give me joy in life, in life to the full. But it's like, bro, who, who actually lives like that? Like, who's actually out there being like, wait a minute. Uh, so, like, I don't know what's best? Whew, I know me, and I know what's best for me, and I'm going to go get my pleasure however I want to, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and find my identity, whatever I want to find on, uh, and go sleep with whoever, and drink as much however I want, and do whatever I can to make myself feel good, because I know me, and that's what I do with myself. Peter, Andrew, in this story, the Bible goes on, they're fishing, doing what they normally do. Kicking in with the boys on the fishing boat. Doing what they've done their whole life. And the Bible goes on, and it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he says, Two brothers, Peter and Andrew, casting net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Jesus strolls in to the middle of what these dudes have been doing their whole lives. Just fishermen. Probably crushing white claw on the boat. Just hanging out. After they're at work, you know what they're probably doing? Whatever they want to do with ladies. These boys, rugged fishermen. And Jesus, they, he, he literally walks up to them, average, ordinary people, and he looks at them, fully loving them, and says, hey, I got better for you. I, I, I got better for you. You want to stop fishing? You want to stop wasting your life? You want to stop looking for purpose and never finding it? Looking for fulfillment and never actually achieving it? You want to stop looking for pleasure and actually ever, never feeling full? And come, come follow me. And the boys, the Bible says, they drop their nets. And they're like, whew, the way this guy talks? Man, I'm going I'm to trust that he's better. 
That he has better plans and purposes for my life and life to the full. You see, in that moment, Jesus doesn't just invite them to follow him. Jesus invites them, hey, would you repent from thinking that you know what's best for your life? And would you turn and go a new way? Go a better way? Go a way that leads to life rather than a way that leads to death? Would you come? Because my arms are wide open. And would you enjoy my fullness? In this moment, Jesus invites them to repentance because his plans and purposes are so much better than they could ever imagine. And immediately they left everything. Everything that they had ever known. All the stuff that these dudes put their trust in. All the stuff that these dudes got their identity in. The stuff that gave them purpose. The stuff that gave them pleasure. The stuff that gave them happiness. They left it. And they trusted that Jesus was better. I wonder here tonight, what's the stuff that you trust in that you think is better? What's the stuff that you trust in that you think is going to give you happiness or pleasure or joy or purpose or identity or whatever it is? And how many more times is that going to let you down before you repent and turn and go a new way? The way of Jesus. The way of life and life to the full. You see, repentance leads to life. The other way, whoo, it's leading to death. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go there. No Chick-fil-A in death. But sometimes, though, sometimes you and I, we start following Jesus for a little bit, start living the good life for a little bit, and then sometimes we base our following of Jesus off of other people. We're like, whoo, at least my life is not as messed up as his. Man, at least I'm not as screwed up as her. And we start basing our following of Jesus and our life off of other people. Comparing our goodness with other people's badness. As if that's whatever it was about. And we start living a life comparing to others rather than hearing the truth that Jesus has a unique life for you to live. And Jesus individually calls you to repent. Not just once, every single moment, every single day. Constantly aware. Constantly repenting from the old way into the new way of flourishing life. So that you could live in the kingdom of God. So that you could experience joy and peace and righteousness, rightness with God. That's why you repent. It's not something later in life. It's not something when you're dead. It's not something when you're close to death, like in Palm Springs, like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm getting wrinkly now. Man, I better go figure this Jesus thing out. No! It's not like, okay, maybe I'll tiptoe around this guy so I can, like, get into heaven one day. No, that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus wants life for you now, abundance for you now, joy for you now, better for you now. The kingdom is right here, right now. All you got to do is reach out in repentance and turn from the old way of thinking, the old way of doing, the old way of going and thinking that you know what's best and trust that Jesus is better. You see, sometimes I think that you and I look at God and we're like, whew, it's all right. I'll do whatever I do over the weekend. And, and God's got grace for that. 
Hey, God, God's grace has got me. It's good. Did you know that forgiveness only comes when repentance is actioned by you? That God doesn't just look at you and go, yeah, I forgive you, no worries. God responds with forgiveness when you repent. It's not like you and I walk around and just like murder somebody and it's like, it's good, I'm forgiven. No! You walk around, murder somebody, crawl to the foot of the cross and be like, Jesus, I repent. I, I, I want a new way. I forgive you. I love you. Arms wide open for you right here, right now. You see, our, our God, from the very beginning, God, God is kind, but He's not soft. He's not soft. In His kindness and in His love, He takes us firmly by the hand and leads us to radical life change. You see, God's grace leads you to repentance. Leads you to new way, new life, new truth. God's grace enables you to repent so that you can enjoy life to the full. Not in heaven. Right here, right now. That you can be the better you that God desires you to be. Don't let grace fool you. Don't let grace fool you. Grace leads you to change. Not to keep on sinning and living a meaningless life. Grace and repentance leads you to fullness and a purposeful life that God has for you that is anything more than you could ever actually imagine. Every single time. Every single time somebody in this Bible encounters Jesus and they repent and they say, hey, I'm done living this way. And, and, and Jesus, I repent. And I'm turning. I'm following you. Their life looks completely different. There's not one account in all of, all of the Bible when someone's like, hey, uh, Jesus, um, yeah, I kind of think you're the son of God and like maybe kicking with you uh, like so I can squeak into heaven. Is that, is that chill? No! They were so enamored and in awe and in love with Jesus that they were like, this guy is so much better than anything else that I've ever tasted and seen. And it's radical life change. It's right here and it's right now. Repentance leads us to life. And I want to encourage you tonight. I think that there's better for you. I want to encourage you tonight that, that I think that there's better for your life. That there's more joy. I truly believe with everything within me that the best is yet to come in your life. But it only comes through repentance. I want to encourage you tonight. Repent. Turn. Repent from the lie that you think you know what's best for your life. And turn to the truth. Come to the altar. His arms are open wide. And He looks at you and He loves you and He desires to give you better life. Life to the full. A purposeful life that is far more awesome than anything that you could ever imagine. There is not a single person in this Bible who repented and there is not a single person in this room who has repented and their life is not more purposeful. Not more joyful. Not more love filled. Man, you want examples of what a radical life change looks like? Talk to some people in this room tonight. They know what it's like when they be going this way and they say, Jesus, I repent and I'm going this way. And their life is radically different. 
And there is more joy, and there is more fullness, and there is more love. And it's not for tomorrow. It's not when you're old and wrinkly and gray and almost peeling into heaven. No! It is right here, right now. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much that we get the gift of repentance from you. Jesus, we thank you that you offer us life and life to the full. Would you give us enough courage to repent and to turn? To stop believing the lie that we know what's best for our lives and to trust the truth that you have better for us. We thank you that in our sin and in our darkness that you ask us to repent. We thank you that in our drunkenness, we thank you that in our nakedness, we thank you that in all the areas of our life that nobody even knows about, that you look at us and you extend your grace to us that we might repent and come to the altar and be fully loved and fully known by you. Would you give us courage to do that? I thank you, God, that every single person in this room is so loved by you. And I pray that they would know that in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said? Hey, we're going to sing uh, that song together, together right now. So would you stand? Uh, maybe not talk to the people around you, uh, but just continue to sing this song with us tonight and be encouraged.